What's up, coaches? You are tuning in to Keep Your Pads Down, and this is episode number 50. That's right. We've hit a pretty significant milestone with this podcast and the fact that we just recently turned one year old. And as I mentioned already, this is our 50th episode, something that, that I'm proud of. But of course, that wouldn't be possible without a ton of help. And I want to start off today's episode with giving uh, some shout outs. And first of all, you know, I don't give this person enough credit, but I definitely have to start off with sh- giving a shout out to my wife, Chelsea, you know, who absolutely rocks the coach's wife role and, and is the glue that holds our family together. And, and, and since from, from day one, she's been so supportive of this podcast, you know, because there is, there's a lot that goes into putting, a, uh, putting together an episode each week, and, and she's just been so supportive. So first of all, shout out to her. Secondly, I touched on this last week, but to all of you guys who have been guests on our podcast here, thank you so much for your time and your willingness to share your knowledge not only with me, but with, with every coach who tunes in. And that's that's probably been the best part of this podcast is just getting to know the guys who come on as guests because, you know, many times they weren't guys that, that I knew beforehand. And, and a lot of them I still have yet to meet face-to-face, but it's just been fun being able to get to, to know those guys and be able to lean on them for questions that I might have and, and, and you know, call and, and pick up the phone and have conversations with those guys or keep up with them on social media. So uh, that that's really just been a, a lot of fun. So you guys who have been a part of this podcast as guests, thank you so much because this show wouldn't be possible without you. You know, finally, I want to thank those of you who check us out each week. Our audience is growing uh, with every episode, which which is exciting. And I really enjoy hearing from you guys and, and what you think about the podcast. So thank you for listening and supporting our show. One way you can help us, you know, and, and, I, and I say this every week, but but one way that you can help us is by giving this podcast a five-star rating and leaving us a review. That really does help other coaches find our show and spread the word about what we got going on here. Uh, also, if you are on Twitter and see our posts every Monday with the episode link attached, retweeting that helps other coaches find that episode. So that's another way you can help spread the word about this podcast and support the show. And none of those things cost you a dime. So that really helps us out. So so thank you for doing that, those of you who are already doing that. If you are new to this podcast, we have plenty of great episodes for you to check out. But, you know, if you're kind of looking for a place to start, well, here is the list of our top five most downloaded or popular episodes up to this point that that you can check out. Uh, First off, coming in at number five is episode number eight with Angleton High School defensive line coach Chris Gistorb. Coach Gistorb and I talk eye discipline with your defensive line, amongst other things. So that is definitely a great episode to check out. Our fourth most popular episode is episode number 24 with Coach Josh Lyons. He's the defensive line coach at Kilgore High School. Coach Lyons is a great young coach with a lot of great information to share. And we talk about coaching at a smaller school and just some things he's picked up as a younger coach. So also, Coach Lyons does great graphic design work and has actually created the Twitter banners for this show's Twitter page, my own personal Twitter page, as well as the, the banner for our football program here at Pleasant Grove, uh, that, that, that Twitter page as well. So if you need some graphics done this offseason, Hit up my man, Coach Lyons. Not only does he do a great job, but you're supporting a high, a high school coach when you do that as well. So uh, check his stuff out. Our third most popular episode is episode number 44 with Coach Paul Croft, defensive line coach at Owasso High School there in Oklahoma. Coach Croft and the Rams won a state championship in 2019, so we talk about that and, and the Rams' defense. Plus, you know, Coach Croft is just genuinely a nice guy who loves to help others, so uh, definitely make sure you check out his episode. 
Our second most popular KYPD episode by downloads is episode number 34 with Coach Jonathan Darby, who is our corners coach here at Pleasant Grove and is one of the best coaches that, that, that I have ever worked with, and I, and I mean that sincerely. And if you are into the 425 stuff, then, then my man Darby is your guy. Uh, he coached in the 425 as a GA and position coach at Southwest Oklahoma State and then spent two years under Gary Patterson as a GA at TCU. So he knows what he's talking about. Uh, we talk a lot of 425 stuff, uh, particularly the front seven on that episode. So be sure to give that one a listen. Finally, checking in at the number one most popular episode is episode number 20 with my man, Jeremy Boss Hog Hickman, who is the defensive coordinator and assistant head coach at Tybee High School and a very, very close friend of mine. Uh, and he's actually the defense coordinator in, at, at Tybee High School in Kerrville, Texas, where I spent uh, the last six years as a defensive line coach working under him. You know, there are very few guys who have influenced me more as a football coach than Jeremy. And, and uh, again, I'm proud to call him my friend and just had a blast recording our episode. It was a it was a special one because we recorded it right before I moved up here to Texarkana. And so the audio sounds a little different because we recorded it right there in the coach's office. But you know, we talk about Coach Hickman's coaching philosophy, uh, Tyvee's 4-3 defense, and, and the process that he goes through when putting together a game plan for an upcoming opponent. So if you haven't already done so, make sure you go and check out Coach Hickman's episode. So there you go. That's our list of top five most popular episodes so far. But like I said, we have a ton of great stuff for you. And if you want more information on what we cover in each episode, then you can find that, that information along with contact uh, info for the featured coach in that episode's show notes. Once again, thank you to our guests and to our listeners. I feel like you know we're just getting started with this thing and, and we'll only get better as we go on. So, so hang in there with us. Keep giving us feedback. And of course, keep sharing this podcast because that really does help us grow our audience. Okay, so let's get to today's episode. Now, not to put too much pressure on today's guest, but you know, episode number 50 is one that could possibly crack the top five most downloaded list before it's all said and done, because today I'm excited to welcome, I mean, probably the most beloved offensive line coach on Twitter. I, I, I'm, I'm sure there are a couple of guys out there who might like to challenge him for that title, but I think it's fair to say that today's guest is definitely a guy who has a passion for all things offensive line, uh, for football, and growing our profession. And he has developed quite a following because of that. And I am excited to welcome Lake Forest College offensive line coach Tony Shipman on as our guest today. Coach Shipman just finished up his first season with the Foresters after joining the program last April. He spent the 2017 and 2018 seasons as the head coach and offensive coordinator at Fort Madison High School in Southeast Iowa. He led the Bloodhounds to as many victories in his 18 games with the program as they had in the previous 49, and the team more than doubled in size during his short time there. Fort Madison was the fourth stop for Coach Shippen, who began his coaching career as offensive line coach and strength and conditioning coordinator at Springfield High School in Springfield, Illinois in 2007. The Senators topped 2,000 rushing yards in each of his seven seasons with the team and set numerous school records in that span. Coach Shippen was also the offensive line coach and strength and conditioning coordinator in addition to head track and field coach at Roanoke Rapids High School in North Carolina in 2014 and 2015. The Yellow Jackets captured a conference title and made their first trip to the quarterfinals of the state playoffs in 2014. Coach Schiffman added run game coordinator to his offensive line coach and strength and conditioning coordinator duties at his next stop, 
which was Rossview High School in Clarksville, Tennessee. The Hawks reached the state playoffs in 2016, and he directed players to 15 all-area selections in two seasons with the program. Lake Forest College and the Midwest Conference are not foreign to Shipman, who lettered three years at league member Illinois College. He also went on to earn a master's degree from Greenville College. In addition to coaching, Shipman is also the co-founder of Hog Football Chat, a Twitter chat that goes down on Monday nights at 8 p.m. Central, where coaches at all levels around the country discuss various aspects of the game of football, usually revolving around offensive line play. Coach Schiffman and I have a lot of fun today discussing what offensive lines are looking at when breaking down a defense, particularly a defensive line, how he's coaching pass protection, and, and we do the world a favor and finally solve the issue with the most notorious offensive line, defensive line drill. We then close out the episode with Coach Schiffman's pet peeves and the story behind his Twitter profile picture. Anyway, we have a lot to get to today, so let's go ahead and get to it. Here is Coach Tony Schiffman on episode number 50 of KYPD. Coach Shippen, welcome to the podcast. You have the distinction of being our first O-line coach on the show. So <laughs> so thank you for, you know, crossing the line of scrimmage, I guess, and, and helping us guys out over here on the other side of the ball. Yeah, you bet. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Coach, we have, we have a lot of ground to, to cover today. and But before we do that, tell us a little bit about where you are now, you know, where you're coaching, and, and just some of the coaching stops that you've made along the way. Sure. Uh, right now, I just finished up our first season um, at Lake Forest College. Uh, we are a uh, liberal arts institution about 30 minutes north of Chicago. So I just finished up year one uh, here, getting ready for spring ball year two. Um, so like I said, I, I got here April 1st last year, first day of spring ball. Um, jumped right in with, with both feet and and, uh, and and now we're getting ready to gear up again for spring ball number two. So pretty pretty awesome, pretty exciting. Uh, really a great experience this past, you know, six, seven, eight months learning and, and, uh, seeing sort of how the, uh, the flip side of division three football goes. Cause I was a division three athlete. I played football at, at Lake, uh, excuse me, at Illinois college, uh, a long time ago. So, um, uh, things have, things have changed quite a bit since then. I'm sure, uh, there were no cell phones and no Twitter back in the day. So recruiting a little bit differently, but yeah. uh, it, it's still pretty interesting to see just sort of the dynamics of a division three program. Now, is this your first college job? Yes. Yes. I've, I, so I've been coaching. This is going to be, I think, shoot year 14 for me coaching. Um, everything else other than this past season has been high school. So I started out at my alma mater uh, in Springfield, Illinois, coaching offensive line for seven years. And then I bounced around a little bit, just sort of trying to experience things, getting full-time teaching jobs, trying to get back closer to home. So I spent a year and a half in North Carolina coaching football and track. Uh, I spent two years in Tennessee coaching football and track. And then I spent two years as a head coach in Fort Madison, Iowa, uh, for the Bloodhounds. And that's where I was able to 
get my opportunity here. I got you. So I, I'm curious because I, I've coached in, uh, in, 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 in two different states uh, mm-hmm. and, and can, can definitely see the differences and, and just uh, th- there's similarities and differences. What, what, what are some differences that, that you notice just in going from different state to state and, 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 the, and just the, the style of football and, and how was that different? How was it the same? What was that like? You know, going from where I was at in Illinois was very much, it was a lot of spread. And then going to North Carolina, it was sort of a, we were a smaller school and sort of a, a more rural environment. So you saw a lot more of the traditional two, three back under center type offenses. We played Tarboro, which was, is, is, I don't know if they're nationwide famous, but they're they're very much East Coast famous for running the Tarboro T and being very very efficient at that. So we saw some different things: single wing, double wing, flex bone, all sorts of stuff uh, in North Carolina. Uh, and it's good football. Don't get me wrong; it's very good football. It's just very very small school, rural. Uh, and then going to Tennessee, you started to see a lot more spread type offenses and a lot of bigger body types. I, I to this day maintain to a lot of people Tennessee. And that's one of my recruiting areas, so I'm not trying to butter them up or anything. But Tennessee high school football is very good high school football. Yeah, I think it gets yeah. I think it gets looked down upon sometimes, but it's it's a very good level of football, very competitive and, and really good student athletes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then and then going to Iowa, it was kind of back to sort of the small school rural thing again. It was when when I got to Fort Madison, they had been double wing, single wing for about seven or eight years um and we came in and i went four wide spread and i still to this day remember our 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 quarterback as a sophomore threw for i think 100 and 109 yards all season the year before and his first game as a starter <laughs> in our offense he threw for like a buck 60 yeah so it was it was completely different they some spread type things they'd never really seen. And, and that was different for sort of the football we saw. You, you had a lot of, you kind of had a little bit of a mixture in Iowa. You saw some there, you know, there were a couple, a couple of schools that ran true four wide spread. You saw some, some power read teams and some buck sweep teams and, and things like that. Uh, but you did see a couple split back veer and a couple flex bone option type teams too. So you kind of had that nice little mix of, of in between. Yeah. And so I would imagine that, you know, being around all those different types of, of football and just being in those different areas of the country, that probably really had to help you out as an offensive line coach, just being exposed to all these different types of football, types of kids, right? I, mean, I would imagine that would be something that was yeah. a good thing, right? Yeah, definitely. And it was, it was I, I was able to, my experience at Springfield High School was very good for that, just because we were so diverse there. And then going to North Carolina and really being able to coach the the rural kid who that I wasn't used to and, and getting to know them. And, and, you know, the thing is that the problems that we had at the big 6A, 7A schools are the same problems that they had at the 1A, 2A schools. So those types of things never change. And, and in turn, those are the same types of problems that the kids have here in college. So the problems, I shouldn't say problems, but the the issues and situations that are being had by high school kids are the same that are being had by college kids. Yeah, so it's, yeah. It's it's up to us as coaches to help remedy those situations as best as we can, no matter where we're at. 
Now, this this uh, this next question or statement, I guess, is 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 uh, not meant to discredit your position, your your current coaching position. But I think most coaches have heard of you. It's because of uh, you being the the co-creator uh, or co-founder of of Hog Football Chat, sure. uh, uh, the 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 O line chat on Monday nights on Twitter, which is really awesome. Coaches, if you haven't checked that out, you definitely need to. So, just talk to us about that and and how that got started and and what you guys are doing with that. It it was sort of started as just something else to do to talk about football. Yeah. So I, I can still remember. I mean, I've told the story a hundred times. I can remember being home from North Carolina during the national championship. Um, it was shoot, which year was it? It was the year that uh, Oregon beat Florida State in the playoff. Yeah. Yeah. Or just and, and so it was like fourteen that, maybe or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, and it was the year that. Jameis Winston, it was the year after they won the national championship. Yeah. Jameis Winston just played that horrible putrid game against Oregon. But anyways, we were. Wa- I was watching the game at my parents' house, and I started to get on Twitter. And I hadn't really been very active on Twitter. A little bit here and there, but not much. Not like I am now, unfortunately. Uh, you know, it never ends now. But uh, we. I was looking at it and following along, and I started to see some guys talking about the game and following this Texas high school football chat thing and got in on that and started participating in that. Uh, and then Jack Dingus sent me a message and said, Hey, we should try to do something for the offensive line. I said, yeah, sure. Let's do that. And it, it sort of was, again, like I said, it was just something to keep talking about football another night of the week in the yeah. off season. Yeah. And we started to do it. And I remember the first night we thought it was awesome. We had, 24 or 25 coaches participate and we were like this is great uh and then i i think i want to say that it blew up the minute we kind of we kind of got became relevant when kevin mawai started to drop in yeah and and uh, he's a hall of famer now he's one of the nfl greats and so that sort of gave us a little bit of of this might be more than what we thought and, and it took off from there and and so it's become we're getting ready for our fourth clinic um, where we've, we've just it's taken off in ways that I'd never yeah, really even imagined. Yeah. And people people always ask me about starting um, chats and things like that. And, and I and I tell them I'm, I'm honest with them because there have been so many that have kind of come and gone and and fizzled away, except with the exception of of ours in the Texas high school football chat was the, which was the first one by, by coach Fisher. It's, you've got to stick with it It, it because there's going to be some nights. I can remember the first couple of times we did it. There were some nights when we only had 10 coaches participate and it sort of was a, a, a bust of a night and you have yeah. to continue on and continue on and continue on. And a lot of the guys that try to do these chats are hoping to catch fire the first night and it's not going to happen. You've got to, yeah, it's sort of like it's sort of like coaching itself. You gotta you gotta make your bones a little bit before you can really hit it big time. And and that, that sounds so egotistical, right there. But no, but yeah, I understand. You, I understand what you're right. saying. You, you've got to you've got to sort of have those those tough times to get to the the good times. Yeah, exactly. And so now we're at we're at sort of our good times. Where like I said, we've got our fourth fourth convention coming up on on March 21st at Wisconsin Whitewater or not convention, excuse me, clinic at Wisconsin Whitewater that, that we're super excited about. And uh, it's just, 
it's one of those things that it's sort of taken off on Monday nights and, and it's, it's great. It's great fun. I, I would have to imagine that the spread at the hog football chat clinic <laughs> is going to be unparalleled. Is that, I mean, it, is that, it was the first two, the first two years we were in Memphis at Rhodes college and it was barbecue coach Peter Jennings, who, who was the offensive coordinator there. He's now the offensive coordinator at Whitewater. He did a really great job of getting barbecue and getting it, getting it all set up. And this, this past year, we've, we focused more on, on sticking to the football. So we, we just got pizza the last, last year and, and this upcoming year. But um, the, after, the after clinic social is usually a pretty good time. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, where, that's where the fun times really are to be had. Well, and, you know, and, and this is not a slight towards offensive linemen at, at all because I, I played offensive line as well. And, uh-huh. But, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot to, to please those guys when it comes no. to the no, uh, area of culinary decisions, I guess. Yeah, I would. I, I, that sounds like a really cool deal, and, and it's definitely, you know, like you said, it's definitely taken off, and and is it, it is it's it's a it's a cool thing that that you guys have going. Yeah. So I, I want to ask you this because I think this is a question that would have not even been on anybody's radar a decade ago. But you know, you're on Twitter, you're very active on Twitter, and you see a lot of football coaches who are active on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Is that something that is like? Do you think that's that's almost? a necessity for a coach nowadays to, to, to have a, a Twitter account and to be involved and to be active in that? Or is that just something that us young guys are doing and, and, you know, that's going to flame out in a few years? No, I don't, I don't think it's going to flame out. I think it's such a great opportunity to network and speak to people around, around the nation. It's effort. I've, I've heard it compared so many times to a clinic. And it's it's such a great experience and it's such a great opportunity for guys, especially younger guys, to quote unquote clinic with other coaches without yeah. actually having to leave uh, leave their schools, leave their states. I, I just had a conversation with the offensive line offensive coordinator Rose Holman, and we talked about pass protection for over over Twitter and, and you know in, in direct messages. And so those were things that back in the day you might have to get in the car and drive somewhere, you know, with this generation, God forbid, make a phone call uh, to get those <laughs> answers. Now it's right at the tip of yeah. our fingers and we can just yeah. shoot a message to anyone anywhere and, and get a response sometimes. So we are, um, I, I want to jump into the football stuff because we, we do have a lot that we want to cover. And, and uh, I, I mentioned this in our intro, but we're, we're kind of gearing this conversation like a conversation, you know, this is meant to be a conversation between you and me, just an O-line coach, a D-line coach kind of talking back and forth. And so that's what we're going to do uh, for the really for the remainder of our conversation here and and just kind of let this thing take off and go wherever it, le- wherever it leads us. But I want to start off by asking you a couple things because you know, I'm thinking if I'm a defensive line coach and I'm and I'm and talking to an offensive line coach, here are a couple of things that that I would want to ask. And and so, kind of what I'm calling this conversation is the questions you always wanted to ask an O-line coach, but were afraid <laughs> to, and vice versa. And so, we're okay. gonna I'll kick off with, with a question for you. You know, you guys watch a lot of film, obviously during the season, during the off season. Uh, when you're watching film of a defensive line, what are some things that that defensive line unit does? Well, well that would concern you. I, I'm looking. I'm looking for their get off on the football. I'm looking for their their pad level, and I'm looking for their hands if they've got really active hands, because you get some guys that are going to be just big sort of 
gap eaters that aren't going to do much with their hands and are, are just going to sort of stay in that gap and, and force people to block them with multiple people. And then you're going to get those guys that are really active with their hands that are going to do a good job of shedding blocks and, and getting rid of, of the offensive players. So those are the three things that really I look at the most and, and the things that are going to be the, be what we sort of worry about, what we sort of stress about are, are those three main things right there. Coach, say that again a little louder for those guys in the back. I mean, I love the, I love that answer because, again, if you're a D-line coach, you're like, yes, because those are the staples of D-line play. Uh, right. Get off pad level and hands. And, you know, if that's not a, a part of your everyday drills, if that's not what your everyday drills are built around, then then you really need to reevaluate, reevaluate what you're doing. So I'm so glad that you said that. Let's shift this a little bit. And, and this, this question is kind of borrowed or stolen from – uh, a podcast you're really familiar with, uh, with and run the power. Yeah. You know what about you know when you're watching defensive line? What about that defensive line lets you know that those guys are well coached? Again, kind of those same types of things. How how active they are with their hands. What they're what they're doing with their hands. What they're doing with their their movement, their stems, their um, their stunts. You can tell how crisp and sharp. You know if they're crisp and sharp you can tell they're really well coached. If they're sort of sloppy and kind of all over the place, you can tell that that's what, how they're coached as well. So you can really gauge a lot of, of their coaching style by sort of watching what they're doing and, and sort of how efficient and sharp they are with what, with what they're doing with their moves. Like I said, with their moves, with their pad level, with their hands, if they're, if they're firing off low and, 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 and rising and, and getting their hands on, on quick, you know that they're a really coached group, and you know that they're going to be – you're in for a, a slobber knocker. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 I would, and I would add this, and I don't know if this – again, if, if this is something that, that offensive line guys look at, but this is something that I look at when I'm looking at defensive lines is – and this is really basic, but just their stances. I think when you watch yeah. film and all, their stances are all, all, all over the place and, and there's no uniformity there – to me, that's kind of a sign of, of a lack of attention to detail. Not saying that every kid has to have the exact same stance because all kids are, you know, built differently and they're, you know, some are a little more flexible than others. And, and I get that, but I still feel like there should be some sort of uniformity there within that stance. And when you don't see that, that's, that's, that's not good. Right. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. You can sort of the same thing with the offensive alignment. If you've got a really sloppy stance, you know that you're going to get, uh, sloppy play well yeah because there's tells and this is kind of getting in my next question but there's tells in a in a poor stance right you know i mean if that off oh, of the guard's leaning yeah. that defensive end he's bird dogging or, or pointing into the gap that he's about to you know to slant into uh those types of things um you know that and so so that's why that's an, just another reason why stances are so important so on that note what are some things that that when you guys are watching a defensive front uh that, that you're looking at to expose or attack uh, particularly with the run game, we're we're looking at we're trying to find sort of that weak link and see where we can run at the most. And we're looking at again, kind of going back to what it's going to be sort of a a revolving door here. But going back to what we talked about, I'm looking at the guy that's lazy in his stance. I'm looking at the guy that stands straight up when the ball is snapped. I'm looking at the guy that gives up his chest when he's when he's trying to get after the football. And, and those are the things that we're we are going to attack as an offensive line that. We as coaches look at, watch the film on Sundays and pick out and see the things that we want to expose and, and then go for it. Um, you know, the next part is we, we're looking at sort of are they over aggressive? Are they 
heavy trying to slant one way or the other are they are they are they giving up their their technique and their quote unquote assignment to try to make plays and giving up big gaps giving up big big bubbles that we can then attack as as a unit on offense you know I'll, I'll, a couple things I want I want to pull out uh, from that or I, mean, I guess maybe maybe flesh out uh, as I'm as I'm writing some of these things down um, you know, because when I'm watching film with my guys, you know, we're picking apart that offensive line, and you always want to try to find the weakest guy that, that you're going to pick on, right? Like, hey, right. that the, the left guard, that's the guy. You know, that's the guy that we're going to run our stunts at, or that's the, you know, that's the guy that we're going to put, you know, try to put our, put our, you know, run our pressures to his side or, or whatever, try to isolate him any way we can. Does that kind of – those conversations go on in an offensive line room? Like, you're trying to pick out the weak link of that defensive line, and then what, what's that conversation like? Yeah, absolutely, it is, and, and we we talked about it. We're gonna look at we're gonna look at tells, and the great thing about being an offensive line coach and is that I to this day maintain that these are some of the smartest guys in football. So yeah. they watch the film just just like we do, and they're watching it with us, and and we watch it together, and they're gonna see things sometimes that I might not see and point them out, and and vice versa. I'm gonna see things that they aren't seeing and point out to them. So. The great part is that that we're all watching the film together, looking at the same thing, and they're going to pick up those things. They're going to see that, oh, hey, when these when this team is in two three techniques, this is what we're going to get, and and they're they're taking notes, they're putting these things in their mental in their uh, mental memory banks, and 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 preparing themselves for the game that we're going to have too. So it's 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 very much a back and forth type of conversation where I'm seeing things, they're seeing things and we're, we're putting it together, uh, putting it together, together. Yeah. 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 I got you. So I'm curious about this when you're watching a defensive line and let's say you're, you know, you're a heavy gap scheme team and, and you see that this, this particular defensive line is really, really good at defending that, you know, whether they're spilling it or, or boxing, Mm -hmm. however they're playing it. Uh, so does that something you're saying, well, guys, we're not going to be able to run that this week, or we're still going to run our stuff, but we're going to have to do this and this and this to be successful at it. Yeah, definitely. We're, we're more looking at is we're going to still run our stuff. Uh, we're just going to have to make these adjustments. Like for instance, if you, we're going to have to attack the inside shoulder or the outside shoulder, we're going to have to make our adjustments because we know that the defense is well coached and they're going to make their adjustments. So we're definitely, we're definitely not changing our entire game plan up. Now we might run something a little bit more than another play, but we're not going to completely scrap something um, just because a defense might defend it better than something yeah. else. That yeah. We're going to, we're going to still keep our same game plan. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, because it, the, the conversation in every defensive staff room and then, and then those player meetings is, you know, we're going to figure out what they do best and try to, and, and take that away from them and make them do something they don't want to do. And so I guess you're telling me that whatever it is that's your bread and butter, butter, you're still going to find a way to do that. It may be a little bit of a different twist or a different technique, that, but you're still going to run your stuff. Let me ask you this. You know, there's a, this used to be, again, I think this is something that's relatively new. I mean, just in talking with people, is that you have guys, it's more and more common, and, and almost now it's, everyone is doing it, where the defenses are, are, are carrying a lot of, uh, uh, or are carrying multiple fronts with them into a game plan you know most of the time you see guys that they're, if they're they're three down they're not going to necessarily stay three down the whole game yeah uh how does that affect you guys in your preparation as an offensive line coach 
it's just it's just other things that we have to prepare for throughout the week and and again like i said we do a really good job of preparation on film on sundays uh, and really throughout the week before you know we sort of our offensive coordinator here at Lake Forest College, uh, Jim Kiernan, he's he's been around for a long time, and and he does a good job of of sort of spacing the week out. So when we get to when we get to Wednesday for us, really, that's sort of our last practice, hard practice of the week. So then we start getting ready, and and not I don't want to say preparing for the next week because we're obviously not looking over our our opponent for that Saturday, but we're starting to break down some film and starting to look at a couple things and just being more more prepared on Sunday when we meet after the game to, to start breaking down our opponent for the next week. And so we'll do a good job of really looking at that um, and, and knowing what's going to happen, knowing that, hey, maybe on third and third and seven plus, this team likes to drop a, a defensive end off the field and, and go to a three-man front and, yeah. and getting yeah. our guys ready for that throughout the week. We're, we're now, when we're doing our scout period, we're spacing it out, breaking it up where this is what we're working on this week. This is what we're working on this period. This is what we're going to do and, and doing a good job of having those guys ready for it, no matter what, uh, what we're getting. Is it so, so for when, 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 when we're looking at offenses, one of the things that that I know that we and I'm sure a lot of defense coaches hate is offenses that are going to run a ton of formations, a lot of motions. Maybe they're going to be unbalanced. It's just a lot of that stuff where you have to really think about getting lined up, right? I mean, it's not even necessarily right. that they're running different plays. It's just getting lined up to that and make sure you're not getting outnumbered or uh, giving up leverage, anything like that. So on the other side of it, uh, how does it affect you when you have defensive lines moving and shifting and stemming around a lot pre-snap? Is that something that's like, yeah, that looks cool to y'all, but really, if it when it when it's when it's all said and done, it doesn't affect as much, or is it something that that can definitely screw you up? It can affect you if you are not confident in what you're doing. If you're trying to do too much, it can really affect you. But for for us. We've had because we have some opponents that do that that are very very heavy on the on the on the stems and the shows and things like that and we've got to tell our guys don't worry about what they're doing here because when the ball is snapped they're still they still have to maintain their gap responsibilities there's still going to be a guy here a guy here and a guy here trust your path trust your zone track trust your gap scheme et cetera et cetera because that's where the defender is going to be. So we've got to do a really good job of making sure our guys are just calm and not over overthinking anything, yeah. and, and we'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like the same conversation that we're having over there on our side of right. the ball is that, you know, hey, don't freak out. And, and if the worst thing is, you know, that we got to just – stay in what we're in and get just get lined up never switch late you know don't be flipping sides of the ball or you know that kind of stuff and I, and I think that's probably key for either side of the ball is just to trust your training trust what what you've been looking at on film all week right. trust what we've been telling you and 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 you know if there's a problem we can always get it figured out on the sideline or whatever or during a timeout right. when you're looking at a defensive front would you rather see shades or are you, would you do you like seeing head up Defensive lineman, how does that affect you, and, and is, do you have a preference there? Really no preference for me. We, we'd rather see shades just because it's going to be better on angles for our blocks, some of our blocks. But yeah. If you're going to be head up, we're still going to, again, it's going to be one of those things that we're, we're, we're stressing it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So unless you completely come out in a brand-new defense on Saturday, 
we're going to be prepared for what we've seen on film. And, and you and I have been around long enough to know that if you come out with a brand new defense on a Saturday that yeah. you haven't worked, yeah. uh, that you've maybe installed on that Monday, chances are you're not going to run that defense very well. Right. So right. we're, we're going to be prepared for what we, what we, what we see on film. And, and really for us as an offensive line, we don't, we don't care because we're going to work our techniques that week to get us prepared for, for what we're going to see. Um, and, hopefully have them ready to go. I want to ask you some some stuff about the passing game and just pass protection. But first, before I do that, I want to give you a chance to – and, and again – for for those guys listening, we're not saying we're the uh, the the sole authorities on O line and D line play by <laughs> any stretch. And this is, you know, this these are Coach Schiffman's answers. Some of you guys listening maybe yelling at the at the at your phone or wherever you're listening to this and saying, "No, we do things this way." And if I answer something, you say that guy's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's freaking talking about. So just this is not the gospel according to us. This is just no, our, gosh, our, no, our yeah. thoughts on on things that we've seen. So I want to give you an opportunity to just throw some things and. Uh, th- throw some things at me, and, and let's talk about things from a defensive line perspective. I guess the the biggest thing is what what are you guys looking for most from from the offensive line? Are you looking? I mean, are you are you reading? Are you reading high hat, low hat? Are yeah. you looking at guys and their stances? Are you looking at at first step? What is it that you guys look at most first and foremost that that are really a tell for for you for us? Yeah, well, and I think a big one is is looking at, you know, watching that film and looking for those guys who are setting light. I mean, it's almost cliche, you know, the light light hand, heavy hand, right. you know, but that's still a thing. I mean, that's that still happens, especially at the high school level. You see kids doing that. And so I think we look for that. I think that uh, it's hard sometimes without an end zone view, but when you're watching film, if you can see differences in splits, you know, you pick up on okay. stuff like that. Hey, if they're, they're bigger, that maybe they're bigger split here, this is ISO. You know, they're running, trying to run ISO here, or maybe they're tightening down their splits, you know, between the center and the guard so that center can have a good block back. So I think splits is one of the things we look at. And then as far as keys, like what we're keying, you know, our guys, we are reading the knee and attacking the V of his neck. So, like, what their, their eyes are on that near knee of that offensive lineman. Uh, and then when they come out of their stance, they're attacking that V of his neck, you know, that, that V between his shoulder pad and helmet. And, uh, and, and so that's what we're doing. And we always talk about having eyes in the palms of our hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I always compare the offensive line, and this has been used, I think, on this podcast before, but, you know, that offensive line is like your mama. She ain't never going to lie to you. You know, those guys are never going to lie to you because they're going to tell you where the ball's going. But, the, you know, the backfield, that's like your girlfriend. They're going to tell you what you want to hear, and they're going to lie to you. So keep your eyes out of the backfield. So, right. uh, you know, those are the things that, that we're keying. You know, again, reading the knee, attacking the V, that sort of thing. Let's let's talk some pass rush, and I do I do want to ask about I'm gonna well I'm gonna save this to the end of this discussion, but I have something I want to ask you that I think will probably it's gotten me in some some hot water with offensive line guys, so uh, you know what the heck I'll go ahead and 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 pull the pin on that grenade uh, here in a little <laughs> bit, but uh, talk uh, walk us through how you are coaching pass protection with your guys, and and again I know that that everybody has different differing opinions about this, but just talk about your the way you guys are coaching it. Sure, the biggest thing that I teach our guys is, and this is something that I heard at a Glacier clinic when I was in Tennessee, pass protection is aggressive patience. So the first thing I tell my guys is that you've got to be patient. The minute you get out of your pass, out of your stance and, and attack the guy in pass pro, you're going to be eating turf because he's going to, if he's well coached, like we talked about before, if he's well coached with his hands, well coached with his pad level, he's going to grab a hold of your chest and he's going to throw you to the ground and he's going to be sacking the quarterback. So you've got to be patient in your 
setup. Uh, the next thing I tell them is they've got to make sure that they maintain their outside uh, outside knee to the crotch of the defender. If they can keep that knee-crotch relationship, they're going to be in a good spot and they're going to have a good angle on the defender. So those are really the two things that we that we stress the most. We stress the aggressive patience. Don't throw the hands right away. Set back. Let the defender make the move because if, if we're well coached and if we're patient and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, no matter what the defender does, they're not going to be right. Yeah. Uh, and then the big thing is, is, is the knee-crotch relationship because you don't want to overset and you don't want to underset. If you can keep that knee straight down the middle of the defender, right in the middle of his crotch, you're going to be in a good spot where now if he wants to go outside, you can take an extra kick. If he wants to go inside, you can take a high post step and, and be there to, to cover the man up. Yeah, because and, and you're exactly right, because when we're when we're watching offensive linemen, I love seeing guys who are over aggressive, guys who are lunging, right? I mean, especially right. uh because you know, they know that they're going up against someone who is a little bit is more athletic than them, faster than them, and they want to get on get on them right now. And and so I we love seeing guys who lunge because that's just an easy I mean that's the easiest thing in the world to, to pass rush against. And, and and so I think that's I, I love that I wrote that down that it's it's just aggressive patience. And I think it is, it's kinda like a game of chicken, right? I mean it's who's gonna show their hands, who's gonna deal with their hands first, who's gonna make the first move, uh and, and that's it's always kind of a, a game to, to see, you know, who's gonna do that, which is what makes it so much fun. So what kinds of, of twists or movements when it comes to the passing game tend to give you guys problems? The, the, one that, the one that we've seen the most that has given us a little bit of an issue, and we've gotten better at it, was University of Chicago does a really good job of stunting late. Yeah. So they will, they will line up in two, three techniques. They will take their interior guys, their three techniques, and run them outside, uh, run them up kind of straight up the middle, uh, up, the, up the gap, and then bow them out while their defensive ends come in. So it's a late, it's a late stunt, and that's kind of what's given us the biggest amount of trouble. The biggest thing that we've did that we've done, and 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 we got so much better at it as the year went on, and we're able to pick it up, was keeping our levels and our pass protection. So we, when 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 we go pass protection, we don't want our tackle to kick back so fast that he's taking a a, a five yard gap and then that the guard is left in no man's land we want right. to make sure that they're kicking back and i know i'm saying kick kick back coach blazer is going to be furious with me for using that terminology but uh <laughs> we want to we want to make sure that they're getting out of their stance and, and and staying square to the line of scrimmage and to themselves that way if, when those guys try to make that late stunt it's more of a bottleneck technique where we can just bottle them up together and then we've got the center sort of in the gap, either looking for a blitzing linebacker, able to pick up help where it's needed. Yeah. Uh, but that was the one that gave us the most the most trouble. Is just that late, that late stunt where you almost, it almost looks like on film that it's not supposed to be a stunt, but right. when you go back and relook at it, it, definitely, it's it's a planned thing. Yeah. It, it looks like you have some guys who just kind of are freelancing and and they're just going in on an a gap because it was open and they just kind of got lucky. Right. Uh, I know one of the things that we've toyed with over the last couple of seasons is taking our same twist that we do, but just tagging them with the delay so that, you know, like kind of like what you're talking about, you know, if it's like a tech stunt where that defensive end is going to be long sticking in an A-gap or something or, uh, right. you know, where he, he, he kind of pops his feet out there and lets the interior guy clear and then he goes and, it, and instead of it hitting right now and, and the point of it is 
you know, it's for that to, to make those offensive linemen nervous. And, you know, they don't want to, you don't want to ever be caught on film, not blocking somebody. Right. And you right, know, find exactly. work, find work, find exactly. work. So we're, we're, we're banking on, again, it's like that game of chicken. Who's going to blink first. And, and a lot of times it's us because that defensive end gets such in such a hurry. They want to hurry up and run the stunt, try to go get a sack. And they end up just getting, it gets swallowed up because you guys are smart, like you said, and you're just, you're switching things off and, um, and, and, and picking it up. And so, I, yeah, that's, that's, that's something that I've also seen that, that, that delayed and, 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 and those, those stunts, those passing stunts that sort of mm-hmm. take a little while to develop can, can give you issues because, you know, again, it's like a corner trying to cover a receiver. They can't cover for, only, you know, for so long before things start breaking down. So when you're watching, kind of to go back like our question earlier uh, with the run game, when you're watching a, a guy pass rush, what are some things that, that, that you're like, oh, shoot, you know, this is this is going to – this might be a long night for us or we're going to have to really do some things to to neutralize this guy. Quickness off the ball, length, what what they're, they're – how they bend to get into the quarterback, things like that. It's it's it, it, it boils down to athleticism, truthfully. And, and if those guys – because it doesn't matter how strong they are, it doesn't matter how fast they are. I mean, speed matters, but it doesn't matter how fast because if they're not – if their technique is bad, if their athleticism is bad, it's, they're just going to be a guy that's there. And, and we're, we're going to be just as athletic as they are. So we're, we're looking at that, that get off, that speed off the ball, sort of what they're doing, how they are with their, with their pass rush moves. I, I can remember going against a guy, well, not a going against, we had, a, we had a guy that I played with at Illinois College who his claim to fame was that when we would do one-on-one drills with the defensive line, every, every rep, he would give a different pass rush move. He yeah. would do something different and it was, it never failed. And he was a good defensive lineman. So you're, you're looking at what they're doing with, with their hands, what they're doing. Are they able to give, are they able to spin? Are they able to give a, a, a knife? Are they able to give a, 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 a push pull? Those are the things that we're looking at and, 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 finding out if we're if we're going to be in a battle or not with with those guys because those are the ones that give us the biggest problems and again it gets it boils down to pad level get off and hands yeah yeah of course Uh, I want to ask this because again this is this is the issue I was talking about that a lot of this sparks a lot of controversy with a lot of D-line coaches uh is the good old one-on-one pass rush drill and and I think you might have commented on this, or I don't know. You see these float around on, on on Twitter and social media all the time. You know, at these camps or these showcases where these guys are in shorts and t-shirts going in each against each other one on one pass rush, and right. And and you know, th- there was one where the O lineman slams the D lineman to the ground and you know flexes on him, and it's like okay, but that's a hold in in a game. Right. I mean, you know, right. And or or where a D lineman, you know, DN, it takes you know he's first of all he's lined up like out in lane 12 out there, okay, <laughs> you know, like he's over the slot receiver rushing yeah. away out there, and, and then he runs, you know, uh, a 400 to get to the quarterback, and he knocks over the – it, so it's – I guess the problem with the drill that sometimes guys argue with is that it's unrealistic. So let's – you and me right now, let's come up with how do we make this drill as, as equal and balanced as we can for both sides of the ball. Let's go ahead and do the, the, the world a favor here, yeah. and, and let's, let's, well, let's, let's figure one, this out. You've got to give a space. You've got to give because the other part, the other, the third one you failed to mention was when the guy lines up on the tackle and then shoots inside where there's no help. Oh yeah. You've got, yeah. To, give, you've <laughs> got to give a space where the defense alignment has to stay in this, in their lane essentially. You've got to stay in your gap. If you are a C gap defender, what's going to happen when you go to the B gap? 
you're going to get screwed because there's going to be nobody else there. So you've got to give them a gap they've got to maintain. And then offensively, you've got to give them I, – I hate – I hate that everything's just – it seems like everything's just on, on set go. So you've got to be able to give the offensive guy a, a snap count. And truthfully, you want, to keep it, you want to keep it fair every now and again have the offensive guy run block. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, think, I, think, I think that's going to be what's going to make it fair is that if the defender doesn't know what the play is, if the defender doesn't know what the snap count is, and if the defender has a gap that they are told they've got to maintain, now you're going to talk about it's still not going to be a fair drill because – Let's be honest. We've been around football enough. It's still a defensive gear drill, and there's nothing wrong with that because there's plenty of stuff that we do that's offensive geared. It's still a defensive player geared drill, but if you can give those three guidelines, I think it can be a lot more effective drill for camp work. Yeah, I mean, uh, side note, you know, uh, let's talk about, well, you know, I guess we won't talk about, uh, you know, throwing the bubble and an inside and inside period, you know, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that kind of stuff, throwing a slip screen. Well, it was cut, you know, whatever. Anyway, that, yeah. that's, well, that's, 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 like, that's, I've talked about this before, like the bootleg where, where you get guys <laughs> that are trying to just, just make other guys look bad and they'll run yeah. an inside zone drill or yeah. an inside run. They'll, they'll, they'll boot the quarterback. Well, yeah. that's, you're cheating guys. Cool, bro. Yeah. You got us. Good job. Yeah. That's all right. We had, we had, I'm not going to name names, but we had, um, I had a situation once where we're doing inside run. And we've got our five offensive linemen. I think we had seven guys, and the defense had ten. And they they had like a, a stacked box with with both safeties playing. And it's like, guys, this is what 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 are you getting from this? Yeah. What is yeah. what is the what is the purpose of this drill? Because right now, in, in a true game situation, again, like you said, we're gonna throw the bubble, and you're gonna be crap out of luck because yeah. you you're 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 not making the drill realistic. It's, yeah. It's it's but it's again it's it's one of those situations where you get coaches in sort of a who's the who's the tougher guy situation. right 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 and, it, yeah. and, it, and nobody ends up benefiting and yeah. the only people that really lose are the are the kids. So I want to go back. I want I want to put uh, my bookmark right there with what you're talking about. And go back to the pass the the one on one pass rush because I think what you said is is spot on. And we started doing this at my at my previous school uh, the last couple years where it wasn't just a set go and we're just teeing off. You know, you got guys in track stances out there, just uh, you know set go boom and they're and they're going. But so what we started doing is is you get sometimes sometimes three or sometimes two reps and and one of those is going to be a run, and you just don't know. And it really could be two of them. Like, two out of three could be run. Because I think, and I've talked about this on this podcast before, it's so much more realistic in a pass rush drill if you don't know what it is because that's how it is in a game. I mean, yeah, right. there are the situations where it's third and forever and everybody in the stadium knows it's pass. And, but those are a lot less frequent than, oh, it's, it's a choice down, it's a second and medium, and you don't really know, and you have to transition into a pass rush. And so we need to work that more than the obvious passing situations. You know, like, I need to – learn how to transition from, oh, I thought it was run, now I need to work into a pass rush. You know what I'm saying? So I think right. definitely throwing in some runs. And, and then the way we did is our offensive line coach stood behind the defensive line and gave the snap count. Yeah. Um, and so that was that was another thing that, that kind of kept us honest. Uh, and then, again, you talk about – because I think that as, as, as a defensive lineman, we still want to be able to work our counter. So if I'm a C-gap rusher, you know, and, and, and you guys – you know, set us high, you know, in a game we would we would counter and go inside. And I think also so then getting that guard to pass rush with him, that kind of helps too, so that 
you know, there is someone there, you know, that, that it's not just a, he's got, he didn't have just a free shot on the inside. So I think those right. are some things that, that uh, can definitely help that drill and, and keep your O-line and D-line coaches from, from fighting out in the middle of the field. <laughs> uh, so there you go, guys. There's a, you know, if, if that's something, if that helps you, you know, resolve some conflicts between guys on your staff, then, then, then we, uh, we did our job today. Yeah. All right. So I want to go back to what you're talking about with it. With just, you know, with, 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 Offense versus defensive drills, sometimes they're not very realistic. How do we do that? Like, what's the in, – in, in your experience, what's the best way to, to do those drills where we're going against each other and it's as realistic as – it's as game-like as, as we can make it? Like, how do we do that? Scrimmage? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that's truthfully really the only thing you can do. Now, do you have to go full 11-on-11 scrimmage to do that? No, I think you can get – I think you can be just as, as effective doing inside run and doing half line things uh, and, and doing some of those type of different situations, but you can't simulate. That's kind of what, that's why it's spring ball for us is tough as offensive defense alignment, because you don't have pads on. It's tough to, it's tough to fake that you can't fake run blocking. You can't fake, grabbing a hold of a defender's shoulder pads, chest plate, and, and drive blocking him. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough to do those things. I think the only way you can really get the best work out of it is just scrimmage live, let's kick each other's butts a little yeah. bit, and, and go. Yeah. Do y'all do where you're at where you're at now? Do y'all do a lot of good on good? Is that yes. something you structure in? Yeah. We do pretty much every – well, shoot, I want to say every day during the season and the and the um, and and preseason camp, we had one period of good on good. Yeah, yeah. Where where it's either where it's either now we would do some some things with with servicing where maybe the offense is is servicing the defense and where the our our number one offense is running some scout plays, yeah. um, and vice versa. So we would do some of that still quote unquote scout look, but. Every we we would have at least one period every day where it's our offense versus our defense doing what we do and trying to trying to to win. Yeah, yeah. It, now, what about when you were in in high school? Is that did y'all work in some good on good there? Because then you're kind of dealing with limited numbers and you know yeah, sometimes two way players. It was it was darn near impossible because you're talking at, when I was at Fort Madison, our our best five players played offense and defense when when I was at when I was in Tennessee our best our best two running backs were our starting free safety and starting cornerback so it's it was tough now we were we were we were able to do a little bit more in Tennessee just because we had more numbers I I mean you're talking you're talking two and a half times the bodies in Tennessee than were in when Iowa so we were able to have our top guys still go against pretty good pretty good players where in Iowa our literally our our starting five offensive linemen flipped around and became our starting five defensive linemen and middle linebackers yeah so yeah it, it was it was very tough to to get a good on good look at at, at in Iowa in the, in that yeah. school yeah 
Okay, so again, before we move on, I want to I want to give you an opportunity, and, and this is maybe not even necessarily something you have for me, but just has there been anything like in the off season or this past season that you're watching? You're like, I don't even know what those guys are doing, or when when those guys are doing that, what are they actually trying to accomplish with that? And again, not that I can answer everything, but just has there been anything that you've watched on defenses maybe this past season? Uh, or in in you know in your in the off season film study that you're like man what are those dudes what's what's more, what's up with that yeah more more just from a coverage type of thing and, and more from more from just what what are what are the what are the defenders seeing what are they trying to to accomplish more yeah. from that aspect than than the defensive line or pass rush aspect um, we we've seen some things watching films some stunts that we've that we as offensive coaches we think are are really back big backbreakers i'm not gonna tell you those i don't want you guys to, i don't want to give away any secrets but yeah we we see some things in, in that regard but a lot of the times what we're watching is sort of what because from the defensive line and uh, you know from the front seven it's really easy to, to see okay this guy's got the a gap this guy's got the b gap this guy's got the c gap it's a lot harder when you when you look at the back half and say all right this guy's covering which player what's this guy's what's this guy's yeah. yeah. So that's kind of yeah. what the the biggest thing that we look at is what is what's what's the coverage because that's that's the toughest part because yeah. now all right hey they're spinning they're spinning down to 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 the tight end well they're leaving their weak side is open so so how can we attack that why are they spinning to the tight end why are they spinning weak why are, what are they doing what is what is the thought process when this guy goes in motion so we've had again coach Keenan and I we spend we spend about an hour, an hour a day watching NFL cutups and just kind of what, hey, we like this team. Let's watch these guys. Hey, we like this team. Let's watch these guys. And, and just more for our own entertainment. But we do actually, we'll sit there and say, well, why are they doing this? What is the defense seeing? Why is the defense changing this up? So it is, it is very beneficial to us um, in, in that regard. Yeah, I would. I definitely could see that with with coverages, especially because you know sometimes what's man, what we're calling man, uh, could look like a zone coverage. You know, because it, it, depending if they're playing off right. man or, or even you know, like I said, you you might say, hey, that's you, you know, you guys are you guys are running man, and we're saying no, it's actually cover four. And so then knowing the difference between those two obviously answers a lot of questions. And 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 so yeah, I could see where that could get confusing. Where you know teams are showing something, especially coverage-wise, and it looks like it's this, but it actually, in their mind, it's this. So that means you know the rules are different for the guys, uh, you know, within that defense, um, you know, stopping things, and uh, when, when it comes to all that, you know, I want to I want to talk now and and now kind of move into the just your your uh, some questions about you as. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't. I hate this. I hate this term. But like a football influencer, like I hate that term. You know. But I mean, <laughs> let's let's that's 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 what you are. That's what I can. That's the best way to describe you. I would I would say. You know, a lot of guys tune in to hear what you had to say about football, uh, and and tune into what you had to say about you know just just things in general. If if you guys if you don't follow Coach Schiffman on Twitter, you need to. He's a really he's a really great follow. So I've I've seen it just in your and some of your Twitter posts. You kind of make have these lists, and so I'm curious, what are some <laughs> some some coaching pet peeves that that you have? Oh boy, I mean, how much time do you want to devote? Well, we we, we got we got enough time for you to you know to to really step on some toes. So don't worry about being I, PC here. I I I despise coaches who act big time. I despise <laughs> coaches who um, don't appreciate the profession, don't respect the profession. Because 
there's too many of those guys that think I hey I had a I had a really good year calling this defense for the JV football team. I could I could coach this. I could do this. It's like no, dude. There's so much more to it than just that. There's 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 steps A through Z, and each step has 26 bullet points. Yeah. So there's yeah. there's so much more to it than just that. So so I I despise that. Um, I despise, and I I hate guys that. I hate coaches that talk trash. Yeah. Um, and we all talk trash on Twitter. That's different. I hate guys that talk trash in person, especially the kids. Like, really? You're a grown adult. You're going to talk trash to this 18, shoot, or 14 to 22-year-old, depending on your level? Like, yeah. grow up, man. Yeah. I don't care what you did. I don't care where you played. Grow up. And, again, that goes kind of back to the respect the profession type of thing. Yeah. Um, so so that's the that's the biggest part for me. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to get too much into like, I know there's a big, there's a big argument sometimes on Twitter about like, quote unquote, backpack coach. Uh, I don't care about that. Um, <laughs> I, I've, I've made, I've made my, I've made my comments about the bucket hat. I'm not a bucket hat guy. Yeah. But, yeah. But if, you, but if you're a bucket hat coach, that's fine. I'm, I'm just never going to be a bucket hat guy. So, so you go do you, but just be the, the bottom line is just respect the profession, respect, yeah. respect yeah. the game respect the other guys that are involved in the profession that might not have the um, connections or the network abilities that you have, but still bust their ass and are really, really good coaches. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's, that's really the bottom line. So, you know, young, young guys that are just getting in the game or even old guys that have been in the game for a long time, respect the profession, respect the guys that you're working with, uh, respect the guys that you're coaching against and, and really uh, if you can do that, you're going to be successful no matter what level you're working at. I'm sure that when, you know, as much as you are are out there on Twitter and posting things and, again, hosting Hog Football Chat, and I'm sure that you get your fair share of guys who um, are like, all right, here's my chance. I got Coach Shipman in my sights. I'm about to tee off on something that he said and, and try to just – you know, again, we can all have disagreements, but but how do you handle those things where guys kind of those attacks or those guys who kind of come at you a little bit on on social media, which is super yeah. annoying? But how do you handle that in a way that's, again, where you still respect the profession and not just get into the gutter? A lot of it is um, writing out a tweet and then deleting it. Uh, <laughs> you know, not not posting it, but just writing it out a bunch and deleting it and writing it out and deleting it. Um, you know, I've had a couple. I'll be honest with you. I've had a couple situations where I've had to just bite my tongue and and not respond. Yeah. Um. Because again, kind of where I'm at and what I'm doing right now and what I'm trying to do with my career, it, it's not going to be beneficial for anybody for me to to respond. And 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 you know, on the flip side, there have been a couple situations where I've had to send, um, I've had to send a message to a guy and say like, Hey, man, do we have a problem? Is there something that you you and I have an issue with because if so, let's, 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 let's handle it. You know, yeah. it's not like a, not like a let's step outside situation, but just like, Hey, let's, let's figure out why yeah. we're, yeah. what's going on. And let's talk this out because again, I respect the profession. I'm, res- I, I want to be respectful for those guys, but um, you know, it's, it's fine. I understand. I, I get that there are going to be people out there that don't listen to what I have to say or think I'm full of crap. And, 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 but I also don't take Twitter that seriously. Yeah, you can look at some of my tweets, and while a lot of it is very pro offensive line and very pro football and and very um, pro Lake Forest College right now, a lot of it is also silly things and and comments about food and comments about 
stuff that is not relevant to anything football related whatsoever. So I, I try to not take it too seriously and, and have fun with it uh, because that's what it is. It's, yeah. It's when you get down to it, it's still a social network that you're, it's talking about being social and, and networking. So yeah. that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make, you know, be positive and, and, and be a good influence to people. And, and, and if you want to call me an influencer, that's fine, but I'm just trying to enjoy myself and enjoy my life. And, and, um, and have a good time doing it. And, and by the way, I want to—I I, I don't mean that as a derogatory word. I'm just trying to like a, right. a, a no, way to yeah. classify. And, and and so here's how. Here's my real quick take on as a guy with like you know maybe dozens of followers uh, on Twitter. I, I feel like kind of like football coaches Twitter is kind of like the coach's office okay like if you had like a, a national coach's office like there are rules in the coach's office that you sort of abide by they're not necessarily written down but like you know it's okay for me to 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 hate on you a little bit but there's a line right like I'm not right. gonna and I'm not ever gonna you know there, there, there's just always that line and you know it's okay to make fun of a coach's haircut a little bit or maybe their choice of wardrobe or something I don't know you know like but but then there's or, also or that how coach Derek Smith runs we uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and he and then again, he puts that out there, so that's 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 fair game, I would say. You know, if you put yeah. your stuff out there, but anyway, yeah, I think there's, but then there's, but there's also there's there's always that underlying respect there, right? Like, hey, at the end of the day, we're all working together, we're all trying to do the same thing, and so I think if you kind of approach football coaching Twitter. As like, hey, these are guys that are in your coach's office with you. Are you always going to get along with them or agree with them? No. Are some of them just straight up weird and you're pretty sure they may have like dead bodies somewhere in the back of their closet? Hey, maybe, but still like we can we can find some common ground and we're all trying to do the same thing. Uh, and so I, that's my take. So anyway, yeah, I, I agree. I agree 100 percent because there are there are some guys that are just like that's the way they are in real life. And yeah, that's. That's okay. That's, there's nothing wrong. I mean, that's. I, I like to think that the way I am on Twitter is the way I am in real life too. I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk about football stuff, but I'm also gonna talk about food. I'm gonna be a, a nerd, and I'm gonna talk about nerdy type things. But uh, that's who I am. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not somebody different on Twitter than I am in real life. And and unfortunately, you get a lot of guys that are, um, are are different. They've got two yeah. different personalities, yeah. two different personas, and and so, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I want to ask you this, uh, and, and we're kind of getting close to wrapping up here. And, and I did this, I did this conversation differently intentionally, you know, it's kind of saving the lighthearted fun stuff towards the end. And so guys sure. who want to hear the football stuff can, can hear that. And, and guys who want to stay for the lighthearted stuff can do that. But, um, you had to explain or tell a story. Maybe you've told the story a hundred times. I've just never heard it. What's the, the story behind your Twitter profile picture where you're coaching? It looks like coaching a kid up and you have blood running down your face. Probably one of the coolest pictures, you know, in the history of profile pictures. So talk about what's the background or the context of that picture. So, and this is, this is the one thing my father hates about my football style. Um, <laughs> My first year coaching football, I don't know what it is. I don't know what happened, but I got excited and, and started to headbutt kids. Uh, not kids, kid. I would, I would pick sort of one kid a year, and that would be my pregame, my pregame sort of get the jitters out. Because when I was a player, I was very – I was a, a nervous player. Um, I, would get, I would get upset stomach. I would get – sick you know I, I wouldn't throw up or anything but i would just be a very nervous very jittery kind of guy 
And so I would, I would finally, once I got my first hit in, once yeah. I got my first contact, I was good. And then I could focus on the game. Then I could be an efficient player. So I guess it sort of has translated into coaching. So it, it became, I picked the kid. It was sort of a, a, a rite of passage and, and that would be my pregame headbutt for, for the season. So that, Unfortunately, that is not the first time that I've bled uh, from a headbutt. There's a there's a couple other pictures on Facebook where it, it it sort of is running down my face. Not quite not quite as I will I will I will not to be egotistical or vain, but that is a pretty cool picture. So I didn't get any oh, quite yeah. as cool as yeah. that one. Um, but I can I mean I've got scars on my forehead. I've got scars on my on on my eyebrows from it. Uh, and again, I'm not saying that to try to be Billy Badass or anything. It's just that's that's my style. That's what yeah. I do. So it, it became it became that and kind of grew from that. And so that was in the middle of that was my first year at Rossview High School in 2015. We were playing our down the street rival Clarksville High, and it was. Before the game, I headbutted the the that year. My headbutt was a little five foot six, hundred and eighty pound outside linebacker, and I caught him just right on the face mask, I guess. And and next thing I know, I've got the trainer running up to me, and I've got people yelling at me that, oh my gosh, your head is you've got blood all over your face, and I had no idea. Um, and so it just so happened that our uh, our yearbook uh, sponsor at Rossview that year snapped a couple pictures of me. Uh, took them. There's a couple more from that situation, but that one's kind of the best one. So yeah, um, it it just sort of evolved from that. Now, I, I did I did retire it for two years when I was the head coach in Iowa. I figured that would not be a good thing, but it it, it came back this past year, and uh, it's it's one of those things. Truthfully, it's like a it's I kind of pick the kid that I feel the the closest to. So this this past year it was. Um, like I said, I started April first. I didn't know any of these kids, and the, this year the the headbutt was a a, a senior wide receiver. Um, him and I just kind of hit it off. We had a really we had a really good relationship. We 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 are were cut from the same cloth, so to speak, and we liked a lot yeah. of the same things. And so it just became that was who that's what that was was who it was. And so uh, he became my headbutt for this year. I didn't I don't think I bled this year at all, which is good. Uh, but it's it's not something that I'm gonna give up anytime soon. It's again, it's what it's part of my pregame yeah rituals, and and so it's 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 just something that I've kind of it's grown with me, and and it's part of my coaching style. I want to know what that conversation's like with the kid who's gonna be the headbutt. Uh, Billy, come here. I have something very um, important to tell you. <laughs> so I tell them, I tell them, I do the work. I let them I let them come to me but I do the work because if they start putting their head into it yeah. then I'm going to get knocked out. So I just say so with the one the one that was this year his name was Ted Crane he was a senior wide receiver from Arizona um and and so I would just it, it became again and it became it's kind of funny because it became his tradition too where he would forget every week and so I would have to scream and call for him and yell for him and so I always do it when I when I go I always go to the far right corner of the of the players box and that's where I go that's where I wait. And so I would have to call Teddy over to me and it became kind of a a a funny thing throughout the year where he'd forget every week and the one, you know, 
I yelled at him because one week he remembered and ran over to me, we lost. And yeah. so I, it, it became one of those types of things where he's got his own rituals, I've got my rituals, and I would have to scream and yell for him, and he'd come over to me, and I'd grab him by the face mask, give him a headbutt, and say, let's freaking go, give him a pat on the butt, and, and then it's game time. And, yeah. and so it, it became sort of, it sort of evolved into its own little monster this year. Uh, but it's it's something that every year I got to... I got to find a different guy that, that I'm going to, that I'm going to choose. And, and um, I always try to, I like to try to keep it to a senior, um, but it hasn't always been a senior, but it's, it's, it's never with the exception of one year, ironically, it's never been an offensive lineman. Wow. It's wow. always a skill guy. It's always somebody else. It's always an offensive player, obviously, um, or somebody who plays majority offense. But it's it's never been an offensive lineman with the exception of one year. Yeah, I would think you'd want like the punter, like the guy that's got the old Morton <laughs> Anderson face mask or something. Yeah. You know, like the, those offensive line face masks, you know, looks are pretty gnarly and torn up and and their yeah. hel- the front of their helmet. I you know, I I, I think that's wise. Now I gotta I gotta ask you this, is that kinda as you're out recruiting on the road, are you looking for potential headbutters? Like is that a question you ask? No, you know, how do you feel no, about it? It's, it's, it's not it's not something that I look for. It's just something that yeah, again, it's yeah. kinda it's kinda one of those things and you know, it's it's relationships that you build throughout yeah, the season yeah. and throughout the off season and things like that. Uh so it's it's not it's not any anything I ever searched for. No, it's yeah. just, it, it just it happens organically. Yeah, no, I, oh, and those are the best kind of traditions, right? Those things that just sort of happen and then they kind of latch on and and uh, and they just sort of become that's 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 what you do. Well, coach, uh, it was really awesome to to have you on, and you know I gotta say. Uh, you offensive line guys aren't aren't that bad, and and uh, <laughs> you have definitely paved the way for many more guys uh, from the other side of the ball to to come on the podcast. And and I, I guess I kind of hate to that it's taken this long uh, to 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 get uh, a representative from your side of the ball over here, but really enjoyed it. And and I uh, want to yeah. just tell all you guys who who are who haven't been a part of Hog Football Chat, go do that. Follow Coach. Uh, Shipman on Twitter and uh, Coach Shipman again. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was this was great. This was a uh, this was a good uh, a good change up to my my normal afternoon. Well, good. I, I appreciate it and good luck this next year. Thank you. Thanks once again to Coach Shipman for giving us some insight on offensive line play. I really enjoyed our conversation and just appreciate his passion and, and enthusiasm for the game of football and and also headbutts. And for all that he does in promoting and growing our coaching profession. You probably already are following Coach Shipman on Twitter, but if you are one of the few people left who aren't, go ahead and give him a follow. You can find him on Twitter at Coach Schiffman. Also, while you're at it, go ahead and follow us on Twitter as well at KYPD Podcast. And check back in with us uh, throughout this week for more on this week's episode with Coach Schiffman. Our quote of the day provided to us by Coach Shipman comes from Hall of Fame Officer Guard Russ Grimm. There's no greater feeling than moving a man from point A to point B against his will. <laughs> yeah, that is a great quote. I do have to admit, even though it does go against everything that I stand for as a coach. But anyway, uh, great job uh, again, once again, Coach Schiffman. Well, that will do it for us today as we get ready to close out episode number 50. I want to again thank all of our guests who have been a part of this podcast. It's just been so much fun getting to know guys in this profession from all over the country and get to talk to them on a weekly basis. And of course, a big thank you to you, the listener, for checking us out each week. And for those of you who have reached out to us on Twitter or left us reviews or comments, I'm just, again, very humbled and so glad that you guys are getting something out of this podcast each week. 
With that being said, this is just the beginning for this podcast. We have another outstanding episode lined up for you next week as we get back to our normal routine and welcome another awesome high school defensive line coach onto the show. So make sure you check back in with us next week. Until then, guys, bring the juice this week in whatever it is you're doing. And, hey, if you want to make those guys on the O-line nervous, well, first of all, take them to a Luby's where they only get one trip through the food line. And then keep your pads down.